Okay, good morning. Today's class is in Lunishma Yechmel Diana Ben Gedalia, success for Shiduch of Ariella Bat Rosa, and Mizrat Hashem success over you in your Shemayim Elisheva Nevah, Gadiel Ben Elisheva, Shevon Elisheva, Reda Malkavatovash, and Gadiel Ben Elisheva, also in Rafush Lema of Daniel Ben Sarah and Rabbi Shalom Arush, Rabbi Shalom Ben Yavna. Today's class, today's class, we're going to take two books called Number One. Psychology in the Talmud by Rabbi Eliyahu Avi, and we're going to take lesson um, another book by David Hawkins, Healing and Recovery, and a teaching from the Baal Shem Tov that I heard from Rabbi Pinson. Beautiful, beautiful teaching. He gave an analogy, and he says, you know, when you stand by water, right? Normally, you stand by water. If you stand very, very close to the water, you see your reflection of your face, right? But if you stand pretty much in the back of it, if you stand back, you see your 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 face much, much bigger than what it is. Okay? That was a trigger for this class. And so that's a great analogy. Because at the end of the day, what, what's, what, you know, working in recovery, etc., it's, it's when a person can at least face the issue itself, the, the situation becomes manageable, and he's able to now deal with it. But when the situation, when you're looking at the situation, and you're almost, God forbid, in a form of a victim mode, you stand back and you look at the situation much, much bigger than it is. And that itself is the problem itself. If I just dealt with the issue itself, if I just faced the issue itself, then I could recognize my, my creator gave me something I can handle. But the minute I step back, and the more I step back, the more that figure becomes bigger and bigger and bigger and scares me and puts me into anxiety. Okay? Very, very important. And that's what the Baal Shem Tov says, face to face. And he tells us very simple. When we, unfortunately, when we don't have the proper mindset, we look at things much bigger than they are. And that itself is a problem, because now I'm dealing with an emotional storm. I'm going to talk to you about the mechanisms on how to get out of that. But in reality, it's all about that, just facing the issue, facing the situation in life, and not getting, paying attention to the, oh, this is going to be permanent, I'm going to be in this stuck forever. This is all the emotions that come out of fear, and etc. So just look at what Kabbal Shem Tov says, panim al panim, face to face. Just look at it as is. Just pretend you're in a, in a body of water. Look at the water. That's all it is. It's just your face. And he's saying, according to when we have low self-esteem, we step very back and we say, oh, look, look what you gave me. Because we always need rationality on who to blame, etc. And I know my life. When I, when I face things and I just dealt with them and I recognize this on a consciousness level, things disappeared right away. Things just went away. Baruch Hashem, they... I ended up elevating those emotions, but when, when I stand, stood back and, and, and felt injustice, or I felt like uh, uh, a form of uh, God's not fair, or, there, or I've been abandoned by my Creator, then the things just took on another completely different imagination. We know this example from the Jews in the, uh, when Moshe was coming down, all of a sudden they just said, oh, maybe he's late, maybe we're miscalculated. But the fact that they freaked out and they, they miscalculated the time, that you could see to the extent with the hysteria and panic that we all get into. And we can see this today. We have to re- recognize also something very, very important. It's not the events that scare us, it's the accumulation of energy that we're holding that just needs an outlet to come out, period. It's not even, if you, that's a very, very aha moment. You understand? If I have insecurities and I go to a wedding and next thing you know, I see somebody else getting married, that's gonna trigger me to say, you see, why are they getting married and I'm not getting married? It's gonna trigger my own self-esteem, my low self-esteem, it's gonna get triggered at that wedding. And that's teaching me that I'm holding tremendous amount of low self-esteem because why would I go to a wedding and next thing you know, feel, 
feel bad or feel jealousy or feel something else. It's because I've been holding on to a, a, a reservoir of negativity in that department. So when we get insulted in our lives or we get something happens to us and we really take it personal, it has really nothing to do with that situation. It has to do with the, re- the amount of, 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 of limited beliefs you've held in that area of your life. So this is why we never want to focus on the messenger. We always want to focus on the message and why were we so triggered in the first place, etc. And this is something that you have to, once you start getting that awareness, then you're not even paying attention to the people who this, you just, you're more intention, more focused on what energy am I holding and what needs to be released at a specific time. The majority of the world is working backwards. They're saying events are scaring them. They're not even focused on the inner energy that's creating that event in the first, that's creating the explosion in the first place. Very, very important. Very, very important message to understand that right away. So he says here, and a beautiful concept. So number one, you have to face what you're dealing with. Facing itself as it is, a cre- there's a Gemara that says that our Creator never gives us something we can't handle. And He does not give you something you can't handle. And the fact that you say you cannot handle it, it's only because of the way you're looking at it. Period. You have to believe that. That has to be, that has to be really, really drilled down. Right away, when you see a challenge in your life, I can handle this. What a great opportunity for me to let go. What a great opportunity for me to grow. That's exactly how you got to go into it. Remember, when you trust in your creator, you go into things, you're challenged by things, and you go into things. When, you're, when you believe life is a threat, you become frightened, and you withdraw into anxiety. It's two emotions, but the thing is what it is. The mechanisms of anxiety, he says. Moshe, Moshe said to Hashem, if the people ask, what is my name that who sent, God sent me to you, what should I tell them? Hashem replied, I will be what I will be. The Gemara explains, remember that I will be what I will be is the name of Eki, it's the name of, in Kabbalistically, that name represents the highest level of humility. It's the name of will. Um, it's, a, it's a numerical value 21. It's a very, very high name. It's a, it's a name of, uh, of what a person wants to prepare for himself for renewal. It's the name of Keter, Eki, it's a very, very high name. That's what he says, I will be what I will be. The Gemara explains, Hashem is telling Moshe, tell the Jewish people, what I was with them throughout the Shavuot in Egypt, I will be with them through all the future exiles when they suffer. Whoa, so you're going to tell a guy, listen, I'm, I'm with you in the trauma, by the way, you're going to have another trauma in about five years, but I'm going to be with you there. So imagine telling somebody that's going through a traumatic situation, telling them, by the way, you're going to get traumatized in about five years, bless you. Moshe replied, Master of the Euros, isn't it enough that they're currently experiencing suffering? Must I tell them about the future exiles as well? Hashem accepted Moshe's argument and replied, tell them that I have been with them in, the, in their suffering. So he changed it to, I will be with you in your suffering. So it's not a question or not whether you're going to get challenged or you're going to get something. But God is with me. I, God was with me in my divorce. God was with me in my, the, the passing of my child. God is with me in every single ch- challenge. You have to understand that. And he, te- and he takes an analogy here, and he says, the risk-resource model for anxiety is formulated by Beck and Clark, po- postulates that anxiety is caused by over-evaluating the risk and under-evaluating one's ability to cope with it. Number one, see what I just told you? Over-evaluating the problem and under-evaluating your ability to deal with it. So right away, if you don't have that fixed, you have to say, I can deal with the problem because I'm dealing with it face to face. I'm not running away from this thing. Right away, I have to say, I can do this. 
Because when you say you can do this, you're basically showing confidence in yourself, you're trusting yourself. And as you do this one time, two times, three times, you develop now a new, a new program. You're not become, you don't become frightened anymore. But remember, right away, see that line. People that get having major anxiety because they're looking, they're over-evaluating the problem and under-evaluating their ability to cope with it. It's basically sitting in the, standing in the water, standing back and says, look, what I, look at this thing I have to deal with. <laughs> that already is the problem. Because that's causing tremendous amount of resistance. Now I have two problems. Now I've got to deal with the problem itself. And now I've got to deal with the resistance of fear in that situation. So you understand? You just, you just, now you're dealing with two issues now. We always say running away from pain is what's causing the pain. But if I just start with, I can do this. God doesn't give me anything I can handle. This is a challenge. I'm going to change, flip the switch. Hashem tells Moshe to inform B'nai Israel that just that he helped them cope with the slavery of Mitzrayim, he's going to help them cope with every single, every single challenge that they're going to deal with. Moshe argues that it will be very difficult for people to hear that, to endure more hardships in the future. Hashem tells, agrees and tells Moshe that he's with them through all their suffering. To deliver a prophecy of future suffering would mean to tell the people that the risk of the suffering is 100%. Hashem agreed that this would be difficult for them, and he wanted to imply that should they, ha- any, should, should they have any difficulties in the future, B'nai Yisrael could just rely on them, that Hashem is going to rely and, and comfort them in, the, in maximizing and giving them their sense of safety. And this is what we have to recognize right away. It's going to happen to you. You're going to have some kind of trauma in your life. It's impossible not to have it. I've said this before. They should teach you, teach you that when you're a child, you're going to have some kind of trauma in your life, but your Creator is there for you. You're going to grow from it. You're going to become much better out of it, but you're going to go through it? Absolutely. The more you try to run away from this kind of trauma, that itself is a, is a situation. So It's pretty scary to understand that, but we're not in a world to be comfortable. We're in a world to grow. We're in a world to recognize our Creator. We're in a world to bring, darkness into, from, bring light into the darkness, bring it into light. And that's the important message. So let's talk about practicality on how to do this. So right away, you got it. You can handle it. Look at it as is. Do not stand back. And, and recognize your creators with you in every single form of suffering or any form of pain. Your creators right next to you. And this is why the obstacle, the, the illusion is only in our head. The illusion that there's, there's distance. Now, to the pro- there's a problem also with that. Because if we don't think, you know, imagine doing this without spirituality. Imagine just looking at this rationally. You, you just you, you lose your mind. So spirituality allows you to see, yes, I can handle it, I'm okay. One of the midot in, 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 in uh, other itself is two things. One of them is laughter. We have to turn bitterness into joy. Da'aga into, into simcha. That's one of them. And the second one is dealing with uncertainty. We have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. That's another, another midah of the, of the month of other. Being able to have uh, being able to have to, to be comfortable being uncomfortable recognizing there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and we don't need so much certainty in everything in our lives and today I don't, <laughs> I don't know what is certain even if you're pumping the gas you're not, nothing is certain no, there's nothing today that is certain today that you can walk into because everything is unstable but what we have to do is we have to recognize that should give us more of a reason to cling on to our creator pretty much so let's talk about pretty much from David Hawkins, just practicality on some of the things when you're dealing with an emotional storm. We spoke about many times that after every experience, there's an emotion, right? After every single experience we go through, there's an emotion. You get insulted, you get an emotion. You have a tragic loss, 
you have an emotion. There's always an emotion after every experience. The only way, we, we've, said the, we've said this many times, like Joe Dispenza says, wisdom is the memory without the emotion. Right? Wisdom is the memory without the emotion. Wisdom is able to take that experience and become elevated. That's exactly what we're trying to really get to, is wisdom, where we're taking those situations and recognize that, that was part of our lives. So the first thing you have to recognize, and he's saying, he's saying very, very nice. He's saying, first of all, you have to remove the constant living in survival mode. And that's by not looking, because right away, when you're going through a situation, the first thing you feel is powerless, and you feel this is going to be a permanent situation. This is why you, people freak out. Is it going to be permanent? Is that true? No. But it's in your head, this is going to be like forever. That's what causes despair. It's because you believe that this is going to be permanent. We also have to believe that time and space is only an illusion also. Time and space is nothing but an illusion. You know, when you're playing the stock market sometimes, the stock goes down, oh my God, it's never going to go up. Next thing you know, you're shooting yourself why you didn't buy it when it went up, why you, when it was so low, because you had a tremendous amount of fear when, you went, when it was low. But when, you, when it goes up, you're like, how did I not buy it? Because you could see how much the markets drive are driven on fear and greed. And if you bought something at $1,000 and it went to 700 why are you not buying it at 700 Because of the fear. The fear of going into 500 The fear of going, even though it's never happened. <laughs> it always goes back up at the end of the day. But you could see constantly repeated. So you could see how many times we fall into the same pattern over and over. So number one, stop living in survival. Stop living in the concept of things are going to be, this is the way it's going to be always. And it's going to be permanent. That already closes your mind. Remember, we need awareness. We spoke about yesterday's, the other day, we spoke about the gratitude gives us awareness. This is why we want to be able, as soon as something happens, take a break, grateful for the opportunity to come closer to your creator, and you need that awareness, because if you're living in that, this is going to be like this all the time, what, what do you have, you basically, you're living without hope. Studies are showing when your person lives without hope, you know, people don't, imagine telling your employees, that's it. You have no hope for a raise. How are they going to come show to work? How are they going to come to work? They'll come with no energy. We're all into the newness. This is why you read the news. You want to hear newness. You want newness. You don't want to get stuck on things. Imagine if you had the same news over and over again. You understand? We thrive on new. So the same thing. We don't want to ever believe something is final and permanent. Number two, you have to recognize that it's normal to have, as soon as the event happens, it's really, really triggering it's really, really triggering a accumulation of stuff that you've been holding. Okay? As soon as something, somebody breaks up with you, that's going to trigger a tremendous amount of insecurities, that you fear of, fear of abandonment. It, but somebody just broke up with you. It could have been a person that was not even for you. But because you are holding that amount of fear of insecurities, etc., that, that event becomes so much more uh, catastrophic versus, okay, it's not for me. How come somebody breaks up with somebody and one person says it's not for me and the other person is in bed for weeks and weeks and can't get out of bed? What's the difference? They both, they both broke up. Your creator didn't want you to marry that person or whatever it was. It's because that person, that just triggered a tremendous amount of accumulation of, of low self-esteem that was accumulated over the years. So this is why you have to recognize that that emotion is just teaching you what needs to be released. The fact that, you're, that you got knocked out so bad after a relationship is teaching you that there was, you had very low self-worth because you made it all about you. And that has nothing to do with the person. That has to do with you're holding in 
that amount of stuff in your life. And until you release that and start changing that opinion of you and start loving yourself, then you'll be able to handle the breakup without a problem. Are you gonna, are you gonna have a breakup? Are you gonna have situations in life that don't work out? Yes, but because you've, you've, you've held on to all that, all that energy accumulation, remember, energy needs a place to be released. And what we do is today, is we're finding places to release through events, through people, through situation. This is why 99% of the people are not getting the results they're getting because they're always focusing on the messenger, not the message. That's the biggest problem in the world right now, is they're not getting the bigger picture. They're not getting the consciousness out of what, what God wants them in that situation. They don't, have med- they don't have proper prayer, they don't have meditation. It's all venting, it's all displacement, it's all that. That's the, the 99% that would say. Very few people say, that person is teaching me a lesson. That person helped me open up. Why? Because our mind tries to handle these energies as a way out. Think of it like that. For example, your mind needs a reason for why it happened. Your mind's not going to say, this happened because I need to work on my low self-esteem. This mind's telling you, I need a reason for that. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. Maybe I'm not that. Maybe I'm not this. Whatever reason you're going to come up with, that's the, the characteristics that is stuck in our mind. Number four, you also have to recognize when you're dealing with a situation that you have... You don't experience the body. Instead, we just have a sensation in the body. A a good way to do this, go take a really, really cold shower. Go take a freezing shower. Go in a cold plunge. And you start seeing, before you go into the cold plunge, see what comes up. Fear. Fear of being cold. Fear of being uncomfortable. Just notice it. Notice the fear. Notice it and just walk into it. Walk into the cold shower. It's going to from maybe at 30 seconds, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be awkward. And then at the end of the day, after the cold shower, you're going to feel so great. But you recognize how much was just, and you know you're going to feel great. But look how much was right before you take that cold shower. Look at all these feelings that come up. One second. It's always... You could see this is a distraction. We could be in the middle of nowhere. We could be literally in the middle of nowhere, and here he comes. Okay, let's hope the moving company's over. Okay, good. We used to have a, the other place where we used to do the, I used to always the train. The train would come. And I would be right in the middle of the thought, and here comes the train. Okay. Can't stop the train. Can't stop the train. So. So again, the mind has the capacity to, to, to recognize that it's just, again, just like you took a cold shower, just notice it, notice the feelings before, and then go into it. Now, if you've tried to take a cold shower and you delayed 20 times and you never did it, imagine how much harder it's going to be. You understand? Imagine all of a sudden you want to take it. No, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Next thing you know, the more you say, I don't want to do it, the harder it is for you to actually do it. The same, this is the same thing with, with absolutely energy. And this is why what he's saying here is something beautiful. Who cares about the facts? And I love this. This is so on the money. Who cares about the facts? And that's exactly true. Who cares about the business partner? Who cares about the guy that broke up with you? Who cares about the... um, That happened. Who cares? What are you spending the, the... Who cares about the facts? The facts have nothing to do with what's happening, because you're not looking at it just consciously. 
This, can you believe that person doesn't talk to me? Can you believe I got insulted? Can you believe this guy broke up with me? Can you believe I lost money? Can you believe this? That is 100% wasting your time. Who cares about it? They don't mean anything. It's one's emotional reactions to the facts that you should be concerned about. You should not be concerned about what happened. You should be concerned about how you respond or react to that situation. Period. Everything else is a bubba maisa. A bubba maisa in Yiddish means yes. It doesn't mean anything to you. That is the main core thing you should focus on. What, who cares what happened? Why was I insulted today? Why was I doing this? Why am I feel so, why did I, I feel terrible after the, I lost money in the stock market? Why do I do this? Why? Get into the deepness of the feeling. What is triggering in me that's come out? You know, we have a commandment every single day to re-begin every single day. We have the ability to come to the world like a brand new person. That's exactly God recreates the world. But because you're not creating yourself, you're getting so affected by all these events. And to the extent that you get affected by all these events, you're just wasting your time on facts. And that's not allowing you to do anything. And the fact is, so imagine all of a sudden you take the fact, now you're thinking about it over and over again. You have an emotion to it. Now you're upset that you have the emotion to it, so now you have more and more resistance. You see the accumulation? The accumulation is exactly why we can't connect. This is why we have no patience to, to, to talk to God. This is why we have no patience to deal with people. We have no patience to read. We have no patience. It's because we're too busy building programs that don't work. And I hate to tell you, there's not that many, but the Baal Shem Tov and Hasidus that really goes deep into this concept. Where have you read that if somebody else bothers you, it's a reflection that something's, bother, that something's wrong with you. You only see this in deep Hasidic teachings. You don't see this in, in a regular orthodox world. You would say, that guy, cut him off. Go to your therapist, cut him off. No, what, why, is, why are you so bothered by that line? I never forget David Lieberman made a beautiful, beautiful. He says two of his girls were fighting and one of them, got in, one of them said something to the other one. And what, what, what do parents normally do? Don't say nice, nice things to your sister. He says, very, David Lieberman says something very beautiful. He went to the other sister. He says, what bothered you so much about that sister, about her, what she said to you? And that's really how we have to cope with it. What, why were you so bothered by her comment? Who cares what she says to you? What's the difference? So this is where today the world is majoring in minor things. And minoring in major things. <laughs> that's, that's where we're at today. That's why we're not getting what we're getting. When you make that switch, you get everything. You major in prayer and minor in your problems. Because the whole point was you, God wants you to release negative energy in, that, in through prayer. He wants you to change. Remember, prayer changes us. It doesn't change God. It's an opportunity for you. But minoring, you're majoring in the problem, but you're minoring in, in anything work, spiritual work to get to, to the solution. Because we're too busy venting. Venting, etc., etc. It's one's emotional fear. The fact is only a fact, nothing. A nothing. How we feel about it is the only thing you should be interested in. That means we should live in a world where we're really supposed to be spiritual beings having a physical experience. But today, we are physical beings having a spiritual experience. This is why drugs are so rampant today. Any form, just get me out of my head. And do you understand what that's doing? Because of the facts, you're running away from the facts and you're missing the message. And then you keep on missing another message. 
And then you keep on missing another message. And then you say, you know what, if I go to New York, I won't get the message there. And then another message comes there for you. And you keep on getting the message, 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 and you shoot the messenger over and over and over again. And then you say, Judaism's not for me. Okay, what is for you? What is for you? Judaism's not for me. There's no guy. Do you understand? Anytime we make excuses, we blame, we blame, it's, it's, it's telling us we're 100% going in the wrong direction. So where you need to make the switch is you need to have massive gratitude. Thank you, Hashem. What do I need to learn? This is why there's a kavana of the Baal Shem Tov that says man is an Adam. The word Adam is the numerical value 45, but Adam also means, 45 also means Ma. Ma is the name of God. It means what? It's the name of humility. We know Chava represents this order, right? Adam represents order. Chava represents chaos. Chaos is Chava. Chava represents 19. 19 represents the ego. Ma represents humility. Right? And the, in the, what's missing between the 45 and the 19 is 26, God. You understand? The ego does not put God into the picture. It takes God out of the picture. It just got out. What we need to do is we need to go back into what, what is happening, what is happening here, what, does, what do I need to release here, what does God want from me in this picture, what does he need for me to fix in this picture. Every experience now becomes an experience for consciousness. What in this experience was I so triggered? What was I so triggered? It's exactly what a trigger is, right? What is a trigger normally? What is my trigger? Ask yourself, what is my trigger? Second, ask yourself, how does it make you feel? And third, how do I avoid it, right? That's, that's how, we, how we normally, we, we don't deal with things today, right? What's my trigger? For example, next thing you know, my trigger is somebody getting serious in relationship. How does it make me feel? Anxious and fearful. What do I do to avoid it? Go on to another relationship. Yes or no? It's very, that's a singles. Uh, a lot of singles. They don't want to get married. Not serious. How does it make me feel? It's getting too close. Oh, let me find something wrong with the person. Go on to another relationship. That's where I cope with it. Instead of dealing it. Why do I have so much fear of, of, of not having enough in my life? That's how you cope with it. And that's where you get the results. The results are there for everybody. But if we care, if we're so focusing on the facts, you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time. You're not getting the understanding and you're not releasing anything. Because guess what? When I'm tr focusing on the facts of the situation, what do you think is happening? Welcome to more resistance. Welcome to more resistance. Welcome to more resistance. You're just creating more and more resistance because you're not getting to the core. You're building hate for that person, that situation, etc. How many times do they say, that my, my ex-husband ruined my life. Oh, I have a great shidduch for you. I have a great guy for you. Let's imagine these are the calls I get. My ex-husband ruined my life. Do you have somebody for me? Yes! I have tons of guys for you. Let me see, who can I punish? to introduce you to them. I have a guy for you. <laughs> Do you understand how you, you're not even, that person's not even aware? Not even aware of it. Not even aware. So this is why the healing has to happen. The healing has to happen. The healing has to happen. We have to heal first in order to get it. The, the, listen to what he says here. 
How to get running, how to get this? The mind will try to figure out ways to escape emotional energy because it's going to think if I escape the emotional energy, what's going to happen? That is going to reduce the pain. You understand? The mind thinks by escaping from the problem, that is going to reduce the pain. If I'm walking around with tremendous amount of anxiety, if I just smoke weed, that's going to reduce the pain. No, it's just going to bottle it up. It's going to bottle it up. It's going to reduce it. However, the pain actually comes from the resisting the experience. The pain is not coming from, you're not, when you're escaping from pain, you're not reducing the pain. You're actually just delaying the pain. You're delaying it. Instead of, eventually you're going to go deal with it. <laughs> you're just delaying the problem. To handle this, one just needs to sit down, stop resisting it, and choose to be with it. The faster one deals with something, you never, you ever, all of a sudden you have to deal with the t- paper, you have to deal with the thing. Let me just get it over with. Let's just do it. And it's over. But the mag- you, the, what is the problem with procrastinators? They create, if they just did it, that's it, it would be done. But because of the procrastination, that made this thing become so much more heavier than do it. This is why they tell you many times, if you want somebody, you want something to get done, give it to a busy person to do it. Because a busy person knows exactly, he doesn't procrastinate. He can do a thousand things, but he doesn't procrastinate. Busy people do not procrastinate. They get it done. But if... How could that be? The guy's so busy and he can get it done, yet the other guy is all times in the world because that guy is resisting every single time he has to do something. All he has to do is procrastinate. He can't get anything done. Because it's a habit. Remember, we're not born as procrastinators. It's a habit. You're not born a procrastinator. You don't, you're not born to go into uh, withdrawals. You have a habit of this. It's a ha- these are all habits and they can all be changed. The studies say 40 days, so this is exactly what you have to create a new identity. We think it is a permanent situation. It's not a permanent situation. It's a habit. It's a habit of doing this. Just like 12 days, I can change my taste buds. I can eat sugar. Next thing you know, 12 days, no more sugar. You won't even be able to eat, take sugar. You won't even be able to. Because your taste buds change. Same thing. Your mind changes. When you start going into action. Say, just say 40 days. Go straight into action instead of becoming procrastinator. The quicker the experience will be over, the whole thing can be released instead of allowing it to drag out, endlessly agonizing through hours. I knew when my, my son passed away, I knew this can go two ways. I have to give it meaning, I have to elevate his name, etc. The minute I recognize that I have to just I have to go through the grief, deal with it, elevate it right away. Otherwise, I'm, I could get stuck there in, 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 in eternity in the situations. So it's very, very important just to show you, handling a, something, such, something so heavy, like what I, what I went through, and I'm still teaching classes today, and I taught a class two weeks after that class, because there's, I, there's a mechanism to, do, to deal with everything. If you have faith, you elev- it becomes elevated. I'm not interested. I could be interested in the doctors. The doctors could have done better. My ex-wife, the this, the that. That's the facts. That's it. What's the facts? What's my feeling about it? Okay, I have grief. I have to get through the grief. That's all I was focusing on, is getting through the grief and not pointing fingers at who's this or who's that. Otherwise, you stay, you stay in these situations forever. The difference is, you, you, you have to go through the experience. God wanted me to go through the experience. This is why there's a shiva, this is a, there's a moment, but the, our sages say you cannot mourn too much because already the disease is in a, in a better place. How do you elevate it? By doing good. It's the best way to get through a grief. 
And he says here, we can eventually see that this is the major opportunity. The cause of all pain and suffering is an accumulation of a compressed energy and life give events, and it gives us an excuse. It opens up the gate that we allow ourselves to feel. For, for example, somebody bumps a fender into a car, all the suppressed anger comes out that we're holding into, and it pops out from that accident. It, we get angry, and that just becomes, we get going to annoying self-pity and blame. That accident just triggered the anger and self-pity and all that that we were holding. So you can look at the accident, thank you for giving me an opportunity to recognize what I was holding in. Because maybe if you didn't get into an accident, you would have never released it. And it would have just been there and there and there. So sometimes God has to break. He has to break. Something has to happen in your life, a, a catastrophe, an event in your life, to break to get you to become aware of what you're holding in, and through there you can heal. This is a tremendous method on doing it. And the most important thing about all this is clearly stop focusing on the facts. It's a guaranteed waste of time. Stop focusing on the people, the situations, your wife, your this, your that. There's an energy in area. Look at this as consciously. Look at this as what needs to be released, what inside of me that does God want me to work on? Like the Baal Shem Tov says, everything you see in the world is just for you to, to change. The whole world is for you, but it's not always about you. It's for you. you the world was created for you, but not about you. Not, not everything's about you. And then this way you can look at a challenge as is, not worse than it is. And that will stop the accumulation, the accumulation, the accumulation, the accumulation. If we, do, if we treat on this consciously, then we just, all we do is connect in prayer. We do is connect in prayer. Hashem, help me with that fear. Once you notice, okay, I have tremendous fear. Created the world. Let me go into trust. Then you know exactly what to work on. But I can't tell you this enough. I'm going to repeat it to you a thousand times. Stop focusing on the facts. Stop focusing on the facts. Stop focusing on the facts. That is the number one place where you're getting stuck in. You're getting stuck there. That's where you're getting stuck in. And that's the problem today. We're not focusing on the message. We're shooting the messenger. We're looking at the messenger. We're holding on to the messenger. The boyfriends, the husbands, the money, the partner, this one stole, that one, blah, blah. All, all, all bobamices for me. It, it, I know that person's going in the wrong direction. Meshem, help us all. That we should all get through this. All Whatever crisis you're going through, whatever that. Follow these instructions. Face it, deal with it, go, get through the experience by noticing what needs to be worked on. Get rid of the facts and just notice it, its energy and start releasing the energy by letting go of it. How do you let go of something? Stop thinking about it. You have a headache. How do you let go of it? Stop thinking about it. Stop thinking about it. How do you stop a child from crying? Oh my God, you're crying. Why are you crying? Why are you crying? Who made you cry? Do we ask a kid who made a kid cry? Or we make him laugh. Just let go of it. Let go of the resistance to everything. And that should help you tremendously on any challenge. Have a great day.